Today I start tearing into Wilson's Rust and learn that you should not leave certain items close to the plasma cutter unless you have a fire extinguisher close at hand. I'll tell you how I know. All this and more on this episode of Wilson, the VW Bus. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Wilson, the VW Bus. I'm your host, Joe Masperi. The purpose of this podcast is the recounting of my adventures with Wilson, my 1967 Pearl White Type 2 former panel and now split window tintop homebrew camper VW bus. I think I'm going to repeat Wilson's description like that at the beginning of every podcast until we all know it by heart. In the previous episodes, we talked about my acquisition of Wilson, and when we last spoke, I talked about my research into Wilson's past and how I was trying to figure out how to tackle the rust. I've got a plan now, but first, now that I have the title transferred and registration and insurance all sorted out, you know i got to take it for a spin around the block. I show it off to the neighbors, get a couple of stares from the people around town, and an occasional thumbs up from the old timers. I try to remember to throw back the peace sign, and people usually laugh at that. Uh, I'm not really liking the four-wheel drum brakes. They're not working so well, and I don't appreciate the feel of the throttle return spring on my first little jaunt. So I dig through my spare parts bin in the garage labeled Miscellaneous Automotive and find the perfect spring for the job. While I'm poking around the bus, I notice a couple of parts that really need replacing, like the really crusty and non-functional horn and a few of the lights. So I place my first online order for VW bus parts. Uh, I spread the orders around to a few of the online vendors to see who I like, J-Bugs, CIP1, SoCal Imports, and so far I like what I'm receiving. Uh, I notice that the gas gauge isn't working and I reach up under the dash to test the connections and the gauge itself. Damn, it's, it's not the gauge, it's a sending unit. If any of you know anything about VW bus gas tanks, well they are not in the easiest location to access. They're up behind the engine. Uh, I don't think you can get to it without pulling the motor, and although pulling a VW engine is notoriously easy, I'm not feeling up to that in my first weeks of ownership when it runs so well. I head back online, and voila, I come up with this split-window bus fuel-sending unit access port made by the Backyard Scrapyard on eBay. For only 55 bucks, I can get this well-engineered billet access panel to install in the floor of the bus directly over the fuel tank, and then I can cut a hole and clean out the tank and install the new sending unit and then close it up nicely with this reusable access panel, all without having to pull the motor. So I order that from eBay, get it shipped from Virginia, and pick up a sending unit. Once the hole is cut, I spend an entire day attempting to get shop rags in and out of the fuel tank and clean out any dirt or rust. It's a lot of work, but I get it all cleaned out. The gauge now works, although I'm not quite sure it's 100% accurate still. I now get some of those other parts installed just to make sure they're working correctly, like the turn signals. Like the turn signals. I said, like the turn signals. Oh, what the? Great, now the turn signals are not working. Well, it's probably just a flasher, right? How hard can that be? Turns out that Volkswagen used a combination flasher and relay on the 66, 1967, and 1968 U.S. spec buses for the turn signal and hazard warning functions. 
affectionately called the nine-pronged box of death or something like that, uh, they are impossible to find. But I found a close replacement. It's not 100% perfect new old stock part, but it works. I think I also replaced the right rear turn signal wire at this time because it had a break in that wire too. Uh, I've got the bus in my one-car garage now. My one-car garage is a 12-foot wide by 24-foot detached garage, but I have restored a lot of vehicles in there over the past 30 years. Uh, it's seen like four Camaros, two Chevelles, a 65 Impala wagon, a 1956 Chevy 210 sedan, uh, two Corvettes, a 52 Chevy 3100 pickup, a couple of Jeeps, and about nine different motorcycles all got restored in that garage. It's tiny, but it works, and we affectionately call it South Hill Customs. So now it's June of 2021, and it's getting warm, like really, really warm. Uh, summer heat wave is upon us here in New Jersey. So I get all of my metalworking tools out, my electric grinder, my air grinder, my cutoff wheels, and framer square, tape measure, hammers, body magnets, and every vice grip plier in the drawer. I'm going to need them. I jack the bus up about two feet in the air and I secure it with my biggest jack stands at each corner. I just purchased the Eastwood VersaCut 20 plasma cutter. Now, I always wanted a plasma cutter to speed up the metalwork, and was this ever a good investment? It uses compressed air and electricity to create a potent plasma blade-like flame to cut through the metal. We have an Eastwood store just down the highway about 10 minutes from my home. So I pick this up and it just zips right through the metal like a hot knife through butter, literally. I, I start cutting out all the four cross braces and cargo fours and cross member ends that are rusted through. I, I thought that the inner cross braces would be a good place to start. Like I said before, I want to start from the center of the bus and work my way out. Little did I know that I accidentally cut the throttle cable in half during this procedure. I'd find that out in about a month when I get the bus down on the ground and go to turn it around to work on the other side. The gas pedal was just flat on the floor with no tension or connection to the engine in the rear of the bus. I had to wait a few days for a new throttle cable to arrive, and I purchased two just in case I did this again. I cut the rust away on the right side floor by the cargo doors, and then sweep up a nice little pile of rusty metal and then discard it. Cut, sweep, repeat. It cuts so easy and quickly with the plasma cutter. Uh, the one thing they don't put on the plasma cutter manual, well, actually, I think they do, and it probably says it on the box and the unit itself, is make sure you move your cleanup brush away, far away, far, far away from the work area when you're plasma cutting. I'm cutting away, and I smell this strange wood-like smell. And when I lift up my welding mask, because the plasma flash is just as bad as a welding arc to look at directly, so you don't want to do that. Well, there's my little broom, all lit up on fire, just like the Wicked Witch was about to torch up the Scarecrow. I let out a scream and some expletives and grabbed the flaming fire stick and ran outside to my driveway looking for the garden hose. It looked like I was running out to light the Olympic torch. I lost more than one broom over the course of this bus rust repair project this way, and to be completely honest, two pairs of torn up work jeans too. But luckily the bus and the garage escaped any damage. I paid more attention from now on when using this tool. Like I said, it was a lot of work to get the right side floor done. 
The hardest part was figuring out where the metal once was before it rusted away, and it left me very little to work with. The new floor braces were measured and cut, all to fit up where I was pretty sure that the inner rockers were supposed to be. Now, did you ever see the movie The Fifth Element, where they take the severed hand of the Fifth Element character, played by Milo Jovovich, and reconstruct it into Lilu? Well, that's kind of what I was attempting to do. There was just one small piece of inner rocker panel that had not rusted or been cut away, and I measured like crazy off of that to get the parts to line up. The outriggers and new jack points were unique to each of the corners, the front left, front right, uh, rear left and rear right. I found again only a small piece from the left rear, which was still not rusted away, and that enabled me to sort out which, you know, which piece went where. Uh, I then labeled them all with a sharpie, so I wouldn't forget. Getting the four beams installed straight, parallel, and level was a lot of fun. But once I welded them in and got some structure back, I felt pretty good about my progress. They all met up with a new inner rocker, then the new outer rocker, and of course the new four panel that went on top. I forgot to mention that there was a dozen small patches that I had to make up to connect them all together. I would assemble them all and clamp them together with vice grips or a little tack weld and then have to rebuild everything back the way to the rocker panel. All the while, I'm constantly opening and closing the cargo doors to make sure that everything is lining up, even though the bottom of both doors are like 80% missing still. My wife pops in the garage and asks if I was having fun yet, and I think that I am. It just takes me the better part of the month of July just to get the floor on the right side welded up in rough metal and structurally sound. I need to do the lower cargo doors and a bit of the wheel well and quarter panel on this side before I go to the left side for the same, and then grind down the welds, finish, and seal it with some paint. But that's it for this episode. Make sure to tune in again next time to Wilson the VW Bus when I tackle those cargo doors and cut off things I should not cut off. Um, We are just still talking about VW Bus Metal here. It's not that kind of podcast yet. Thanks for listening.